Global car sales dropped as the COVID-19 pandemic unfolded worldwide. Yet, the switch to electric vehicles remains on track with a slight increase in global electric car sales despite the pandemic. Battery-powered electric vehicles are also gaining popularity across Asia. In fact, China, Japan, and South Korea are leading the pack in electric mobility worldwide. The big question is, what are the drivers to Asia's adoption of electric vehicles? This is what we're going to talk about in today's episode of Clean Air Asia's podcast, On Air. Hi, I'm Glinda Batan Baterina, Deputy Executive Director of Clean Air Asia. And today, we're joined by four esteemed experts in the field of electric mobility and sustainable transport. Starting with Eugene To, Deputy Director at Singapore's Land Transportation Authority. Dennis Chua, President of the Electric Vehicle Association of Malaysia. Dr. Jose Bienvenido Manuel Manny Biona, Associate Professor at the De La Salle University in the Philippines and from the Electric Vehicle Association of the Philippines and Robert Anthony C. Anton, Chief Transport Planner of Pasig City in the Philippines. Good day to you all and welcome to our podcast. I'd like to ask this question to everyone. What are the drivers of Asia's adoption of electric vehicles? And why is it important that we make this transition in the transport sector? Maybe Dr. Biona would like to start. Yeah, I think, uh, of course, definitely the environmental self plays a very important role, like uh, bringing down the greenhouse gases, controlling air pollution. But I think a big part of this also would be uh, more on industrial development. Uh, if, you, if, you, if you look at Asia, for example, uh, we can consider China as really the, the heart of e-mobility, key development in, in Asia and industry in Asia. And China saw e-mobility as an opportunity for uh, opportunity to, to, to gain the leadership in, 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 the, automotive, uh, in the automotive industry. And uh, that's why they really push uh, hard on, on this one with, with all the incentives, policies, support. And this fortunately also like trickled down, this effort trickled down to uh, the effects of this trickled down to, to other Asian uh, Asian uh, nations. It is number one. But of course, Asian countries would have their own would have their own um, uh, motivations. So some of the key main motivations would be as I mentioned, environmental industrial development. But in the Philippines, for example, it's really more on energy security. So I think it revolves around this uh, this uh, these themes. Thank you. How about Dennis, any thoughts on this? Uh, just to touch a bit on how Malaysia uh, directions to drive the uh, EV electric vehicle policy, uh, I would say that uh, uh, Malaysia started very, very early stage, which, which is like 15 years ago with our Ministry of uh, International and Trade, uh, which they came up with a policy for, um, uh, for companies that who wanted to go into the R&D sector for a new energy vehicle. So during that time, uh, the, the ministry already provide incentive, incentive like a tax deduction, 
uh, providing grants. Um, so there are there are a lot more benefits to it. So there are companies that already started going in into uh, research of the powertrains like the battery, the motor, and also the the rest of the material. But the key is still on the powertrains like the battery and the motor. And and from there onwards, uh, we can see that companies are rising towards the uh, new energy vehicle, which is during the time. Uh, we talk about like hybrid cars. Uh, hybrid cars, uh, uh, probably not today, but we started very early stage whereby uh, in Malaysia, the government uh, in fact let go of the excise duty and import duty just to promote hybrid cars. And hybrid cars uh, to, to date in the country, uh, we have achieved about um, 50,000 units. Uh, uh, it's uh, 50,000 units uh, as of today. Uh, but going forward, we definitely need to see that uh, the government are pushing for uh, 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 BEV, battery electric vehicle. Which the BEV electric vehicle, the policy from the government is not official yet. Uh, there is still a lot of talks and also because of the MCO, uh, the, 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 the policy uh, takes some time to launch, most likely will be next year. Uh, but we can see that uh, from, from 15 years ago until today, and also our Prime Minister pledged to reduce the CO2 in um, uh, we can see that the benefits of the uh, agencies like uh, some of the ministry, they provide uh, grants for R&D. They also provide uh, green financing. Green financing is important. Uh, green financing, whoever in, in this sector, uh, you are able to get a loan of a very low interest rates. So, so I can see that uh, from there, uh, we can see a lot of agencies that come in to support this industry, especially on the policy. Uh, policy of uh, uh, especially getting your E2W electric two-wheelers uh, to approve by the Land Transport Authority of Malaysia to, to put it legally on the road. You have insurance, you have road tax, uh, a proper uh, uh, policy that uh, put in place in year 2012. So, so this is where, um, unfortunately, uh, Malaysia do not have so much of incentive for the buyer like what uh, China have done or European have done. Uh, the, the, the growth of the EV industry growing exponentially, but Malaysia is still taking some time because end of the day, people still ask you, I want to, I want to uh, 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 do a cleaner air, but how much I can actually get from the government. So, so this is one of the points that we hope that the government will able to, to provide a subsidy uh, by next year onwards. But um, uh, our government agenda, uh, starting from 15 years ago, they already have in mind that to push the electric vehicle industry. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. And um, so what we've heard from Manny is that uh, the environmental protection is a key driver. And from Dennis, that government vision uh, are key is a key driver as well to uh, to the promotion of electric uh, mobility in in this region. I wonder what you think of these ideas, and if you have other thoughts on these, uh, Eugene and Anton. Okay. Uh, thank, thank, thanks so much, uh, Glinda and the Clean Air Asia team. Um, you know, for having uh, me on this uh, podcast today. Um, I'm uh, Eugene from the Land Transport Authority of Singapore. Essentially, in Singapore, there are three main reasons uh, why we're looking into electric vehicles. Uh, the first is, um, as uh, highlighted already, uh, it's for cleaner environment. So, um, under the Land Transport Master Plan, uh, Singapore 
has determined that electric vehicles uh, form a key component of uh, the strategy to encourage cleaner and greener vehicles. As reflected uh, in the third theme of our Land Transport Master Plan, uh, which is uh, healthy lives and safer journeys. So the vision then is for us to phase out internal combustion engine vehicles and have all vehicles run on cleaner energy by 2040. Okay, secondly, um, besides a cleaner environment, it's also for us to meet our NDC targets. So just to remind everyone, uh, NDC is a nationally determined contributions. So under the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, uh, or UNFCCC for short, uh, each uh, party to the convention needs to have a nationally determined contribution. And Singapore has pledged to reduce the emissions intensity of uh, greenhouse gases by 36% from 2005 to 2030. Now, as the transport sector is a significant consumer of energy in Singapore, uh, consuming about one quarter of uh, the nation's consumption, the large part of our nationally determined contribution target can be met by transiting the, the transport sector to cleaner energy. Now, thirdly, and I think uh, this has been mentioned by Mani already, it allows the development of other sectors. So, we also recognize that electric vehicles is an area that is gaining importance globally and has a crucial role to play to foster energy efficiency in road transport. So not only uh, this is due to their capacity to contribute to energy diversification and emission reduction, uh, there's also strategic relevance uh, to the development of battery manufacturing and storage uh, for industrial development and transition towards cleaner energy types. Uh, and this goes well beyond the transport sector. So these are the few reasons why uh, Singapore, at least, is looking at electric vehicles. Thank you. Thank you, Eugene. Your thoughts, Anton? Yeah, I think um, one thing uh, that we're observing in uh, Pasig City, and I think in many cities around the Philippines right now, is that you actually see quite a bit of uptake of uh, private adoption of electric vehicles. Now, I think for, for people uh, that are new to watching the Philippines, uh, this might sound a little surprising. But I think where the Philippines is actually making strides in, in electric vehicle adoption is uh, in the low cost sector, where you have uh, a lot of uh, uptake of things like uh, low, um, low powered and low cost uh, two and three wheeler vehicles. So uh, most of these uh, electric vehicles are, um, they, go they go around maybe uh, 20, 30 kilometers per hour maximum. Uh, they have a range of maybe 50 kilometers or less and they run on uh, lead acid batteries, but uh, they tend to be a lot more affordable. And uh, I think in the Philippines right now, uh, as of now, there isn't a um, strictly, uh, I guess maybe there isn't a strict regime for licensing and registration of these vehicles. So compared to buying an internal combustion vehicle, uh, buying one of these uh, lower powered electric two-wheelers tends to be a little easier and more accessible for a lot of people. Now, I think one other um, uh, feedback we've got, one other um, piece of feedback we've gotten about these vehicles is that they tend to be popular uh, with seniors and people with disabilities who uh, don't always have the ability to uh, drive uh, faster, more powerful vehicles, especially with the stress that puts in your body uh, and, um, and uh, the implications on the piloting difficulty that, that, that uh, those stresses uh, carry for the riders. Now, in the Philippines, the Land Transportation Office has uh, come up with some draft guidelines on uh, developing, uh, on developing uh, regulations for these electric vehicles. And I think um, uh, that uh, could indicate some progress, although some of the feedback we've gotten uh, from user groups of these electric vehicles is that um, there definitely needs to be a little more work done to ensure that you have um, guidelines that result in wider adoption in uh, greater decarbonization of transportation uh, and not 
more and not more carbonization because I think the last thing you want to do is to relegate uh, these electric vehicles to becoming uh, toys instead of useful tools for transportation. And I think uh, it's important we keep up the dialogue to make sure it goes in the right direction. Thanks, Anton. And you've started this conversation about you know the the, the main um, modes that are being uh, uh, shift that are shifting to electric mobility. I wonder if uh, if the other our other guests can also speak about you know how governments are approaching this transition to electric mobility and are there specific types of vehicles that that are uh, that they are starting with in their in the different countries as uh, main areas for um, for electric mobility. Maybe uh, may I ask Eugene, uh, would you like to start? What's the experience in Singapore? Okay, um, in Singapore. Given uh, the, the current state of our development and you know um, that uh, we're starting from a zero base, so uh, in other words, uh, not much charging infrastructure. Uh, actually, we need to do a lot in order to promote um, electric vehicles. So as a start, uh, we have uh, begun to legally require cleaner vehicles, uh, not immediately, but um, over the longer term. So for us, uh, we have begun with for public service vehicles. So the registration of new diesel cars and taxis in Singapore will cease from 2025. So beginning with taxis first and uh, diesel cars because um, the concept is that um, these are a bit more highly pollutive. And uh, all new vehicle reje- registrations are also required to be of uh, cleaner energy models uh, from 2030 onwards. So uh, cleaner energy here in this case uh, refers to hybrid as well as um, electric, but uh, we are more looking at uh, electric eventually. Now. Um, in working towards this, right, uh, the government is also t- taking a leadership approach uh, in greening our fleets. So uh, the government uh, runs uh, the bus contracting model in Singapore. Uh, so under the bus contracting model, all public bus assets are actually owned by the government. And all new bus purchases uh, from actually last year onwards uh, will be clean energy buses. Um, so in other words, uh, hybrid buses and uh, electric buses. Uh, with a target of reaching a 100% cleaner energy public bus fleet by 2040. So, you know, where, where government has control over the types of vehicles on the roads, actually, we have really committed to not purchase uh, internal combustion engine vehicles anymore. And also, at the same time, we are looking at uh, the issue of uh, charging infrastructure because uh, that is a very real problem. So, for this, uh, we have committed that we will build uh, 60,000 uh, electric vehicle charging points at public car parks and private uh, residential premises. Which is more than double the target that uh, we actually set um, last year. Okay, so to address the charging needs of uh, an increasing EV population, we are also looking at innovative solutions that can support Singapore's uh, efforts to scale our EV charging network uh, without incurring heavy infrastructure investments. And also at the same time, we are looking at uh, evolving consumer behavior when using the EV charging network. So uh, we need um, uh, nudges against lot hogging. So where 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 people hog. The, the lots for EV charging. Uh, we also need to address uh, range anxiety. So, uh, yeah, uh, this one is a common issue that we see on the ground that, you know, people are worried that uh, electric vehicles uh, cannot uh, have a same range as that of uh, international, internal combustion engine vehicle. Then also we need to provide assurance that uh, there's uh, EV charging opportunities. Now, at the same time, um, we also recognize that Currently, in the market, there is a slight price differential between EVs and internal combustion engine vehicles. So we have uh, rolled out a slew of incentives to encourage the early adopters of EVs. 
So for this, uh, we have uh, attempted to reduce the price gap between uh, EVs and internal combustion engine vehicles. So uh, we have an uh, early EV adoption incentive, uh, which uh, is uh, in place from uh, 1st January 2021 to 31st December 2023, uh, which will provide newly registered electric vehicles and taxis with a 45% rebate of their additional registration fee. Uh, and, and basically, this is a, a fee that uh, new vehicle buyers will have to pay uh, when they buy their cars. Uh, and this uh, incentive is capped at $20,000. So buyers of uh, new fully electric cars can save up to uh, 45,000 Singapore dollars while buyers of uh, new fully electric taxis can save uh, up as much as 57,500 Singapore dollars. Okay, at the same time, uh, we also have uh, enhanced uh, vehicle emission scheme. So basically the vehicle emission scheme is basically uh, uh, a fee-based system in Singapore where you know uh, we impose a fee for uh, highly polluted vehicles but give a rebate for less polluted vehicles. So we have enhanced our vehicles emission scheme to also encourage uh, the use of electric vehicles. So uh, really um, this is to push uh, early adoption while there's still a price differential in the hope that uh, you know as the technology matures the price differential will be reduced and um, this will help to push uh, people gradually over time uh, more towards electric vehicles. Thank you. Thanks, Eugene, for sharing the, the approach of uh, the Singapore government in, in um, managing and uh, really encouraging this transition to e-mobility. And it would be very interesting to know how, what if there are similar measures that are being taken at the city level, Anton? Yeah, um, I think... The, what we're trying to do in Pasig City actually is that, um, of course, it's a little difficult right now because of the COVID-19 pandemic. It's, uh, I, mean, I feel like every time there is a new surge in the Philippines, we have to uh, sort of recalibrate, recalibrate our plans given the limited city, city budgets we have. Although um, we did have some quite interesting uh, solutions in mind when it comes to encouraging electric vehicle use at the city level. Uh, where we see an opening for Philippine cities is in the development of charging infrastructure. Uh, like Eugene said, uh, it's very important to make sure that when people uh, buy electric vehicles, one of the questions they ask themselves is like, well, um, can I um, ride this everywhere? Can I park it at the same places with the same convenience that I could uh, uh, that I could uh, have if I owned a motorcycle instead or if I owned a car? Uh, it's important to make those uh, questions, to make the answers to those uh, equivalently convenient uh, for people when you're trying to drive adoption of electric vehicles. So one of the things we tried to do um, and we're trying to do now is to work with uh, the local electric company to, to provide charging stations for electric vehicles in and around uh, the government complex. But uh, eventually, uh, after some good, uh, we're hoping after some good implementation of that, we can uh, have a good test case to encourage uh, more development of uh, e-vehicle parking and charging in other parts of Pasig City. I think uh, for, for cities in the Philippines where uh, the mandate to provide things like financial incentives for these sorts of purchases uh, tends to be limited, uh, not just by legal mandate, mandate but also by uh, budget needs. Uh, it seems like infrastructure for EVs is the way for us to go. Thanks, Anton. Indeed, uh, we, we need to put the infrastructure in, in place, especially to address uh, range anxiety among uh, potential users. Now, uh, having said that, in so we have many different countries and cities represented here. What are the untapped opportunities for electric vehicle uptake? And what do you see apart from the infrastructure? What other challenges exist 
that uh, what uh, barriers do we need to overcome to really get more and more electric vehicles on the roads? Maybe, shall we start with you, Dennis? How is it like in Malaysia? What's the experience so far? Um, yeah, so uh, for Malaysia K, we still have to remember that uh, we are we are industrial base uh, uh, besides uh, Malaysia uh, having uh, uh, their, their oil and also the uh, palm based material, but we are still uh, very much uh, depending on our industrial uh, uh, base, which is uh, we have quite a number of automotive uh, assembler in Malaysia. So um, they do have exports of components, accessories, and, and the assembly of their cars or, 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 or buses or even uh, two wheelers in Malaysia, which uh, they already having their facilities, they already have, have all their investment uh, to date so far. So uh, in, in order for government to implement electric vehicles, like uh, how to bring down the cost, to provide subsidies, to provide benefits to, to the new, uh, new industry, uh, EV industry, they also have to take care of the, what they have already invested so far. So this is one of the concerns where why it takes so long for, for Malaysians to come out with uh, EV uh, policy uh, subsidies. Um, uh, apart, apart from that, um, definitely we still would like to pursue more on development of EV-related uh, accessories or parts, especially on battery, the motor, and, and the rest of the components. Uh, we can see that we already have companies uh, which is very strong based in semiconductor, E&E, &E, electronics and electricals. Uh, there are companies already start exporting materials to a tier one uh, EV manufacturers or even the tier 2 EV manufacturers. So this is uh, a good start for our industry. Uh, they already involved exporting exporting it from Malaysia. Um, and, uh, and, and also uh, for Malaysia itself, uh, why, uh, that one of the policies is that why we came up with 2012 for the two-wheelers policy, uh, which you need to achieve a, a certain category before you can able to register because they also want to see that how efficient the vehicle that you put on the road. Uh, we, we, we see that uh, some of the vehicles, uh, you, uh, for instance, that you run 150 kilometers, you need 3 kilowatt hour battery, but uh, certain certain uh, manufacturers uh, probably you need 4 kilowatt hour battery, whether that, that's sub, uh, efficient for for, for the products to put on the road because you talk about uh, you talk about uh, uh, re reduction of carbon emissions you talk about clean air so on top of that yeah, uh, what about the battery policy the, the battery policy after three years or after five years uh, how are you going to recycle the battery you don't throw it away who is going to recycle the battery that is also the next uh, the next uh, probably five years or, or ten years down the road that we have to take consideration uh, into today uh, planning. Uh, because you don't want to just uh, uh, suddenly see a battery that been thrown into the to the, to the dump yard. So, uh, so it, uh, definitely, it's an industry that I uh, no doubt that it's going to be it, it's going to be stay. Uh, for instance, that we always say that when you when you manufacture a, a combustion vehicle uh, versus an electric vehicle, you only utilize about twenty five percent of parts that needed to 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 make into a, a electric vehicle. So that's directly or indirectly uh, you already reduce the material that you use to to to, to manufacture the, the vehicle 
also there is another another uh, solutions that we can uh, see that they are they are reduce reducing uh, sustainability or or or, or CO two, uh, which on the total uh, total solutions or total ecosystem. So um, and and all this uh, definitely today uh, is still boils down to like just now what uh, I mean everyone have shared that the people that who want to use EV is still a concern where how much. Uh, I need to to pay to to change a battery, even though you can say that oh five years later it's going to be cheaper than what you pay for your for your petrol. But I mean for petrol you just pay it weekly. You don't feel that you are paying it. Uh, but five years later you have to fork out a large big sum of it to to to, to pay for the battery. That is uh, definitely a big concern. A range anxiety. Uh, uh how you're going to able to to get uh the regulations uh to be able to. To, to even put up a charging station in your community, so that is also another uh, housing uh, policy that you need to 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 look at. You need to plan on it. So uh, everybody is putting effort into it because everybody believes that EV is the way to go, and um, uh, and government is definitely. Uh, uh, put in place to to support this industry. Thanks, Dennis. And I'd like to turn now to Manny. You are in a unique position of having, you know, of of actually working with government to lay down roadmaps and policies, but also that you are with the Electric Vehicle Association of the Philippines. You know, very closely working with industry. What do you see are the key uh, top priorities? that uh, government and industry uh, need to be doing um, on their own and together to make electric mobility uh, really uh, become a reality in the Philippines. Uh, thank you very much, Linda. I think in electric mobility, there's a very thin line between uh, the dividing success and the success and failure. You need to have everything right. Um, especially now, we're in um, the PFLs, the batteries are still, still cost higher than the conventional uh, units. You need to have the right market, you need, to, you need to focus on the right market, you need to have the right business model, you need to have the right product, you need to have the right system, and of course, you need to have the right the, the right policy. Uh, if you look at the Philippines right now, uh, most of the efforts are focused on, uh, on, on public transport, specifically GPs and, uh, GPs and tricycles. But we, we all know that that's a very hard sector to, to work with. Uh, it's a sector that uh, has very limited financial capacity. So there's a mismatch between the product and 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 then and the sector. The only really just to, to, to go there would be to um to to to, to push it through through incentives, through additional support, or or expanding the operation with with, with the other sectors of the of the society to 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 make to make this work. So what I'm just saying is that uh, right now we're focusing on a very hard sector to work with. A lot of challenges. All the challenges you can think of on mobility, you, you have it in the public transport sector in the Philippines. Yet we're focusing on we're focusing on that. But there are also other sectors which which would I think would be an easier area to start with to focus on also like logistics. We're dealing with with companies, corporations. I think that that is more managed. That is more manageable. Of course, government sector, local government units. Um, they, I, I'm glad that uh, Antoine is here, so we're working with Pasigan. Okay, what what can we do on mobility with with, 
with the with passing that is a lot more manageable corporate use uh uh the likes for example of Meralco, the likes of vanilla water so they have like fleets something that we can we can uh, we can focus on so yeah we need to have first uh, we need to look at the right the right market uh right business model as um dennis mentioned earlier um that it's, it's not a matter of how much you save over time but the initial cost is is, is an issue so uh, you need to be you need to be very creative uh, um, about this. In, in Taiwan, for example, uh, they have very innovative approaches in pushing for in in in, in uh, increasing the um, the uh, electric two-wheeler populations. They have ride shares. They have uh, leasing programs, battery leasing programs. So there, there's a, the, uh, you need to have the right you need to right have the right uh, business model, right product. Uh, Anton knows this. Okay, that when we started with 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 the with project concept in in passing, uh, and then comparing it what it is right now, it's now very different. Okay, after all the consultations with the different stakeholders, the concept changed. So it really takes a lot of investment in terms of effort and time in knowing what is the right product. Okay, that would actually work on on the ground. Okay, um, one one uh, area for example is uh, okay tricycles. Uh, we're rolling out e-tracks, a bigger capacity e-tracks, with, with with the thought of okay, uh, this this will provide more revenue, but at the same time, this also increases the price. This this also jacks up the price to around four hundred fifty thousand pesos. That's around what? It's around eight eight thousand dollars. That's uh, that, that's quite big already. That's almost the price of a Vios. Uh, but where in fact, if you look at there are areas in in Metro Manila. We're in bicycles only operate in smaller roads. Uh, you, you can roll out smaller electric bicycles that would be more co- cost competitive. So, uh, or even they could even be um, uh, pedelecs, pe- pe- pedelecs, which are which also brings down your, your battery battery size and brings down drastically. So you need you need to have the, the right product, uh, the right system. So we're developing some tools right now. Uh, to make uh, the operations more efficient and more convenient, especially if uh, okay, operations becomes a challenge when you have very limited uh, charging infrastructure. So you need to tap on science, you need to tap on algorithms to to make this thing work. And then eventually, of course, you need to have the you need to have the the right uh, the right uh, policy. Uh, but the thing is, okay, if you look at all over the world, still I, I would say that. Electric vehicles are are still incentives based policies, um, still subsidy based, and you you won't expect that from from a developing country like the Philippines, unless we're able to lay down really uh, the cost and benefit of a okay, of um of the system. So one area is you need to clearly show that uh, there will be industry development uh, benefits. It would generate jobs, so you have to lay down all these things to convince the to, to convince the, um, the the government. And one way to do this is to to ensure to, is to have an integrated uh, policy. Your your industrial development should be integrated with your demand generation policy, and it should be also integrated with your infrastructure development uh, the, the development policy. Uh, this is would be very helpful for developing countries like the. Still like the Philippines to really derive the benefits, the maximum benefits that you can have. Okay, thanks, Lisa. 
thanks a lot Manny for laying that down you know the the key milestones and steps that are needed for developing Asian countries to make electric mobility a reality in their cities and countries and so you know we're we're reaching the top of the hour so uh, just for our, our our conclusion I'd like to ask everyone around the table uh, this question what will a shift to electric vehicles mean for your city or country in terms of public health, the economy, the environment, the climate, and uh, any other thoughts uh, you'd like to share with us at this uh, at this point, please uh, do do share about uh, uh, electric mobility. Shall we start with you, Dennis? Uh, Final thoughts for the podcast? Sure, thank you. I would like to touch on the uh, one of the experience that uh, uh, our industry or me personally, when we talk about uh, electric vehicle, especially um, uh, when when people say that oh the vehicle sounds there's no sound at all, we don't know uh, it's so dangerous. Uh, that was the the beginning of the electric vehicles that coming into the market, uh, especially for two wheelers. Uh, the sound is so horrendous. I mean, it's so tremendous that it's so loud that uh, people are used to the sound. Uh, but when you come to electric two-wheelers that or, or electric vehicles that come into the market, uh, uh, people will say they're dangerous. But you see, after a while, when they get used to it, then the 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 comment will be opposite. How come that 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 vehicle the sound is so loud? I don't like it. So so we are in the uh, transitional period where it might be a disadvantage at the beginning, but people were able to see that there will be a dis- uh, advantage uh, towards the uh, the vehicle where the sound is so uh, so light. It's not totally no sound. It's, it's still very light. Uh, and 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 for instance, that I always want to share this: um, planting tree is very important. But you, you, in the city, you are in, unable to find a lot of space to, to plant tree. But if you talk about uh, uh, putting up an electric vehicle, for instance, that uh, 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 e-commerce uh, 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 parcel delivery or food delivery for two-wheelers, if they use 100 km a day, just for Malaysia, when we calculate the electricity from the grid, we are talking about 7 kilo of CO2 saved just for 100 km. And just one bite alone, you are talking about 2 to 2.5 tonne a year. Uh, planting tree, yes, it's good. But immediately, if you, if you, if you change shift to uh, electric uh, vehicle, you see that uh, it's a very big savings. 2, two to 2.5 tonne of CO2, people cannot see it because it's, it's, it's in the air. But I would say that uh, that is a very, very significant uh, reduction of CO2. It's just to use one scooter. Imagine that we have 13 million two-wheelers on the road, how much you are save on the CO2. And on top of that, uh, this is one of the points I also want to share. When people start using the, the vehicle, especially the two-wheelers, uh, if they use it for parcel delivery, every week they need to change their lubricant oil. But for electric, you don't need to do that. They actually not only savings on the uh, lubricant oil, no wastage, but they are saving on their time of making money they don't have a downtime of making money. So this is also one of the benefits that you can see immediately there is a savings on it. So uh, there are a lot more to it, uh, especially like when, you, when of course, when, that's how when we start beginning of talking about charging time is so long. But just imagine now because of the technologies that improved so much, if you sit there for 
say uh, 20 minutes or 30 minutes just you don't have a full charge you just charge for 20 30 minutes it can bring you 20 kilometer so you don't have to wait until it full charge maybe four hours or five hours by charging 20 to 30 minutes that uh, you can actually bring you to 20 30 kilometer so so that there will be a lot of uh, advantages when you go into EV where your your uh, your time taken your indirect cost you don't have to when you when you say that petrol station is easy to find but when you come to patrolling security patrolling if you ask them to go and pump petrol from the one location you have to travel to and fro probably about three to four kilometer but if you're charging it just at their premises they can charge it immediately so that is also another benefits that they can see so uh, when when you want to change your mindset to go into ev yes it will take a lot of faq frequently asked question but once the moment that you use it you will definitely like it you won't change back to combustion vehicle uh, thank you that's for me <laughs> thank you Manny. i would be interested to hear your thoughts yes thank you very much linda so i, I think uh, uh i think electric vehicles uh, plays a very important role in the, in the philippines um in in one of the studies that we conducted we replaced all GPs, for example, in Metro Manila by, with electric like electric GPs uh, that translate around actually more than 8 billion pesos of uh, health benefit savings annually. So that's 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 quite big. So it, it will play a very important role in terms of in, in terms of health and environment. And of course, uh, Danny's mentioned about climate change, uh, greenhouse gas reductions. And on the industrial side, um, okay, this is not including the batteries because we just basically assembled to only the batteries here we don't produce the cells but for every e-bike that is sold and produced locally we're actually generating around 0.6 job year and um, um, for every uh, EGP that is sold in the market and produced locally you're generating 3.28 jobs jobs year so so uh, and if we hopefully eventually we can, we can also produce the cells locally considering our, 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 our raw materials uh, or raw material resources in, in, in the country then this could even um, increase uh, increase further however this is easier said than done uh, there's a lot of challenges and um, everyone has a play to as a, a role has a role to play so uh, yeah so I'd like to join the uh, join the uh, corporate sector okay um, the local government units definitely would also have a, play, a very big role to play in the private sector. Uh, if we can all work together towards this, then uh, I'm sure we will be able to handle whatever challenges that uh, okay, that we, we we have to we have to uh, we have to hurdle. So uh, thank you. Thank you. Over to you, Eugene. Okay. So um yeah, in terms of uh, what uh, shift to electric vehicles will mean um for Singapore. Um, so, so beyond uh, what we've already discussed in terms of uh, better health, uh, better environment, um, and, and also um, you know, uh, better being able to meet our environmental targets, uh, at least uh, based on what we have com uh, committed to the UNFCCC. Um, actually, uh, I, I think uh, like what has been uh, mentioned a lot already, uh, actually goes and contributes very greatly to uh, economic and industrial development. 
Um, first of all, uh, Singapore actually is uh, quite heavily invested in the R&D of uh, electric vehicles. Uh, so, so we don't actually make uh, vehicles here. Um, yeah, we don't play in that part of the value chain. Um, but uh, we do invest significantly into the R&D space. So, you know, um, we, we, we look at uh, things. Our, our primary focus is on the batteries. Uh, so we do R&D of batteries, but also on the other aspects, um, you know, such as uh, powertrain, for example. And, and, and not only that, um, if uh, we are able to uh, bring down uh, the emissions in the transport sector significantly, it actually decreases the pressure for us to reduce the emissions in uh, other sectors. So you know that there are other uh, economic and industrial sectors that are also important to the Singapore economy. And um, you know, ultimately, uh, for us to meet our uh, nationally determined contribution, you know, we need to find out a, a right balance of uh, you know, how much each sector contributes to the, the targets. And, and basically, you know, if uh, we can get transport sector to, to cough up a lot more uh, in this regard, then actually there's less pressure to, to, to cough up um, uh, savings uh, in other economic and industrial sectors. But I think um, for us, uh, one of the main concerns with the shift to electric vehicles is um, the impact on our fiscal balance. Uh, and the reason is because uh, a significant amount of uh, government revenue in Singapore comes from the excise duties on petrol and diesel. So, um, I mean, this is uh, something that we're currently still exploring. Uh, we're looking at uh, other ways of uh, raising revenue, um, you know, as uh, uh, people start to move from uh, conventional vehicles to electric vehicles. Thank you. Thank you. Um, that's very interesting uh, to, to really know what, uh, how electric mobility affects uh, many different aspects of, of, of Singapore. I'd like to check with uh, Anton for for thoughts on um, the impact or what the shift to electric vehicles would mean for Pasig City. Uh, for the impacts of uh, a larger shift to electric vehicles in Pasig would be absolutely fantastic. I think I think the um, the uh, good effects, the benefits of uh, a shift towards electrification in the transport sector are well documented. Uh, air pollution is one of the leading uh, causes of uh, um, of death in the Philippines. I mean, it really um, brings a lot of public health costs, uh, not just air pollution, but also the uh, noise pollution caused by internal combustion vehicles is also um, one of the big, uh, like, deteriorate, uh, one of the big things deteriorating urban quality of life. And if we can shift more to electric vehicles, uh, then I believe we can see big improvements as far as those areas. Uh, not just that, I think um, uh, reducing carbon emissions is also becoming a a uh, greater part of our priority in the city towards a more uh, towards a city uh, and environmental policy that really recognizes and meets the challenge of uh, climate change, uh, even at our even, even at our local level. I think even beyond that, um, for the reasons I mentioned earlier, um, if we're able to promote uh, lighter electric vehicles as well as larger electric vehicles for business purposes, then I think um, we'll see benefits not just for public health but also for public accessibility and mobility. So I think um, with all of that in mind, I think there's really, uh, you know, there's really, no there's really nothing to lose with greater electrification and transport. And uh, we're really hoping uh, that we can get there uh, with uh, everybody's help and hoping that uh, all, of our, all of our partner cities uh, here in the call with us um, can also uh, get there with us. Thank you and very well said, Anton. Well, that was a very insightful discussion. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed the talk with our esteemed panelists. If you want to keep posted on our podcast, don't forget to subscribe on our page on Spotify 
or wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time.